This is Macy. This is Nicole. And you're listening to Buzz Killers! <laughs> Listen, I'm already boozy. <laughs> yes, Nicole already drank all her drinks. I haven't even started. So, as you know, this is a mini, so we have mixers. I don't think they do know that, because I think I did not mention that. This is mini month, guys. <laughs> oh! Hey, I guys! I totally forgot. <laughs> My B. This is Christmas mini month. I just like jumped right into it. Like everybody knows what's in my mind. <laughs> ho ho homicide, bitches. Ho ho homicide. Ho ho homicide. <laughs> it's the most murderous time of the year. Uh, yes. So <laughs> <laughs> that was originally my idea for the title of this month, but Nicole and I were agreed it was too long. <laughs> it is certainly catchy, but it is, I like it. It is too long. <laughs> I like want to make it a full song. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I will. <gasps> Patreons. <laughs> Maybe I'll make you a whole song. Oh my god! Can we make a true crime Christmas album? Oh my god! <laughs> this is the greatest idea we've ever had. <laughs> ever. I literally just Boys. sang. I literally just sang. In the meadow, we can kill a snowman. <laughs> I'm. This is gold. <laughs> We've got this. <laughs> Buzz Killers, true crime, Christmas <laughs> album. Be ready. Coming to your earballs soon. Very, very soon. <laughs> yeah. Probably not. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Anyway, Nicole is already two drinks almost down. Do you want to tell them what One they are? And a half, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so, in fashion of mini month, we are back on drinking minis i think drinking minis drinking mixers lord um <laughs> <laughs> last mini we did i know we drank wine we were like we're so off last month it was so bad um but we are back on the wine or oh my lord i'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> i need to do like that sharpay like <laughs> i told you how i played her yes i know that's why i said that <laughs> Yeah, that. I need to do that. <laughs> so, we are back to the mixers like we should be. That is the freaking sentence I've been trying to get out of my mouth the last two minutes. <laughs> um, and Tyler decided that he... No, I asked him to. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's a mixologist. He really is. He really he likes good, it. He makes good drinks. Um, he, So, he made us um drinks and... Instead of making one, he decided he wanted to make us two. So we currently have two drinks in front of us. Alcoholic, hard, hard alcohol. I am almost done with one. (laughs) Um, I think he was afraid I wasn't going to like one of them because when he started making it, I was like. Well, I think I I have a feeling he probably (laughs) started making the one with the cranberry juice and then remembered I'm not a huge fan of cranberry juice and was like, shit, and made the other one. No, it was definitely because I made a face at the pina colada one because it was technically supposed to steep. For hours. Oh my god. And he made it like. Good, good, awesome. He this made it like 10 us. minutes before he started drinking it. He got out my food processor <laughs> to make sure everything was emulsified. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna die. Um, no, we're good. 
So I had him t- I had him text us and tell us what they were and what was in each one of them. And he so wonderfully named and when of course I asked him which one was which when he first put them down. And he goes, there's the red one, and then there's the not red one. And that is what he so aptly named them. So the red one is cranberry orange chutney blended with Tito's, filtered, shaken, and poured over truly wild berry. Um, and then we have the not red one. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Which is um, plantation rum with pina colada mix, filtered, and... Oh, sorry. Yeah, he didn't type that right. Yeah, filtered no. and poured over. Oh, it filtered and poured over White Claw. He did not say what kind. I think it was mango. Okay, he said he just said White Claw tea, so I'm assuming it's mango because he did say there was mango mm. in it. And then also a little bit of lemon tea. Both are topped with... I'm not gonna, God damn it, I almost read that. <laughs> oh, I know oops. he listens to these and he knows what he typed. I'm not going to read it. <laughs> bastard <laughs> you bastard <laughs> let's just put it this way he then sent the gif of the squirrel from ice age rubbing an acorn <laughs> figure it out for yourself i until i read that part of it though <laughs> i was like why'd you send that i thought he was just proud of his <laughs> I, I did it first and then i read it and was like ah son of a bitch <laughs> um i have almost finished the red one mm. because i prefer the not red one so i started with the one i liked a little bit less although i do love both of them they're both really good i preferred the red one really and i'm drinking it first but you know what i might go back and forth i was gonna say i was kind of hopping at one point but i was like this one is really coconutty it is very coconutty which normally i don't really like but i don't know why it's not bothering me Mm, i like it i like it i like it i don't know i want some more of it Woo. Yep. It's Friday. For us, at least. Sunday for you. <laughs> Hi, suckers. <laughs> <laughs> suckers. So, uh, we are enjoying our time. Yeah, we're having a great time. Um, um, and we just made a really cool ad. We did. Guys, oh, if you haven't, I mean, if, if you know, oh, oh no, oh no. We did not tell them we are proud, proud partners of the podcast, the Pod Moth Network. Of- oh my God. <laughs> I was doing so good. It's okay. So, guys. Sorry. We, this is a mini, too, I guess. It is a mini. Maybe it's we a also maybe th- We also have the music in the beginning that says Podmoth. You know, we act like they don't <laughs> know if we don't say it. Um, <laughs> but. We are proud members of the Podmoth Media Network. I can't. I stumbled over. I said it wrong. <laughs> Glad you can say it. Well, because I practiced it like four <laughs> times that day. I was like, Podmoth Media Network. Because I kept like getting all pun Because I, I think, didn't we say we were like proud partners of the Podmoth Media Network? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> fucking alliteration (laughs) (laughs) but um we have recently joined this wonderful podcast network and they're great we all create an ad that we can share as you've known you know we have an ad within all of our last episodes that you have heard Mm -hmm. um and we finally finished recording ours and we are so proud of it very very probably at some point put it in our own damn episode because (laughs) you know what we can. <laughs> this is my podcast and we do it we want to. <laughs> it's really good. I'm very, very proud of it. I'm very proud of that. <laughs> and the music, it just all came together because I was worried about the music, but it just, it sounds so great. So go listen to all of the podcasts that we have ads of in our episodes. Um, they're great podcasts. 
they're great people. Um, if you would like to find all of them, go on to Instagram and search Podmoth. Yeah. They will come up. They share every every podcast that's a part of their network. You can see all of the different podcasts. It's not just true crime, guys. There's a little bit of everything sprinkled in there. And we're paired with some seriously awesome podcasts that are so much fun. So go check them out. Um, we have like a huge group chat on Discord that is just like always going. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, check them out. <laughs> and if you hear our ad, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> let us know what you think of it because we're very proud. We are. We're so proud. Um, but uh, so we don't ramble any longer than I already have because it's mostly me and I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Macy, what is this mini about? Oh, man, you guys. There are lots of cases that happened around the holidays there is an entire oxygen show that is hilarious, Nicole. She is double fisting her <laughs> drinks right now. She's going to hold both of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is a wonderful oxygen. I can't. It's making me laugh. Um, <laughs> uh, show called Homicide for the Holidays, which. That's um, an amazing name. Yeah. Homicide for the Holidays, which I bought an episode of to uh, use for this podcast. Mm-hmm. I give them a lot of credit. Thank you so, 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 so much um to that episode sorry, um sorry i just like whacked my microphone stand that's one of my big sources in this episode is that episode so, <laughs> um in this episode is that episode <laughs> um so we are talking about the hulliver murders and i hope i'm saying that right this spelled like who laver who w-h-o-l-a-v-e-r but in the episode that I watched of Homicide for the Holidays, um, they call them the Hullivers. Okay. I'm going to trust them. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this all takes place in the winter of 2002 in Middletown, Pennsylvania, which is in southeastern Pennsylvania near the Susquehanna River. Um, Middletown is a small community. Um, the episode it's pretty said it was pretty close-knit. Um, the population is about... 10,000 people. Um, it's kind of one of those towns where everybody knows everybody by yeah. name, that kind of a thing. Um, and the wonderful family here is uh, Jean Hulliver. She was 43 and an x-ray technician. And her two daughters, uh, Victoria, who is 20 years old, and Izzy Elizabeth. That was her name. Oh. She's 15. And Victoria also had a nine-month-old daughter named uh, named Madison. Now, in the um, in the episode that I watched, they kept calling her Cassie, um, but I think that was just as to like mm, give her prob- privacy or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I learned through articles, and they might have even changed her name in the article too. Who knows? Um, True. Madison. So if you watch the episode and you notice it's Cassie, there you go. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna call her Madison. Um. So Jean and uh, Victoria and Izzy always spent Christmas with Jean's parents in Johnstown, which was about a two and a half hour drive from Middletown. And their names were Joe and Mary Bittman. Um, And this would have been Madison's first Christmas with the family, Hmm. like after being alive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Being birthed. Yes. Yeah. Um, Jean's husband, Ernest, however, would not be spending Christmas with the family. He and Jean had, um, begun 
a separation and divorce proceedings Aww. starting in summer of 2002, and they were estranged. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was 42. Um, Homicide for the Holidays said that he didn't get through high school, or, or, or that he got through high school, but he didn't, like, go on. He went to, like, college. He didn't go to college or anything. Okay. But then I saw another article that said he was the former owner of a uh, Cambria County trucking company. So. Oh, he just went straight to business. Yeah. Cool. I, I mean, who, I mean, I don't know. Um, Sorry. But he spent a lot of his time hunting and fishing and that kind of a thing. Sorry, I didn't mean to play footsie with you under the table. No, I didn't. My, I have my boots <laughs> on. I didn't even notice. <laughs> um, so... On December 24th of 2002, uh, Jean, Victoria, Izzy, and Madison did not arrive for Christmas Eve dinner. Um, the family attempted to call them, but no one was answering the home phone because this was before the time of cell phones, phones the way we have them now. Mm. Um, they were worried because the weather was kind of bad. So they were worried they had gotten delayed or something had happened. Um, and so they called the police. Um but the police said that they probably got held up because of the snow, like the roads were bad, you know, just give yeah. them some time. You know, if they don't show up by tomorrow, give us a call. But they were like, listen, the roads are bad. It's a two and a half hour drive. Something could have happened. I Apparently, according to the homicide, uh, yeah, homicide for the holidays episode, hmm. um, like they searched, like they, they like called around and saw, tried to see if like any cars matching their description were in the area or if something had happened, like, you know, on the way there. Yeah. Um, but I didn't find that in any other source. So um, <clears throat> I think they just probably said, listen, you know, yeah. they might have just gotten held up because of the snow. Give us, give them a couple more hours, see if they turn up. But on December 25th of 2002, they still have not arrived. Um, and this is when um, the Bitmans called the police again. And uh, Sergeant Bob Givler went to the Holover home to perform a welfare check. So uh, Sergeant Bob Givler showed up at the house and he went to the front door and he knocked. Nobody answered. Um, and then he decided that he was going to kind of just walk around the property, you know, not like trespass or anything, but like go to the side of the house, maybe see if, if he could see anybody or, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. So he walks past um, or starts to walk towards the garage um, and saw that the windows to the garage were all broken out. Um, the girl can't talk. (laughs) That was crazy. (laughs) Um, the garage door was unlocked. He went to like pull it up and it just pulled right out. Mm. Um, and and Jean's car was still in the garage. Um, and he entered into the house through the garage entrance, which was also open. Um, which led right into the kitchen as most you know, garage doors often do. Often, yes. Um, and there, <laughs> there he found a woman lying on the floor. Um, oh God, dead. Uh, and he, this is when he immediately calls for backup. He's like, "Shit, we got some going on here." Um, and the body was later identified as Jean by the ID ID in her purse that was found nearby. Oh. Um, at that point, he's waiting for backup, but he heard a noise upstairs, and so he went upstairs thinking it was maybe the person who had killed her was still there. Yeah. So he went upstairs um, and he found a baby <gasps> still alive, <gasps> lying in the crook of another dead woman's arms. Oh, my God. In the upstairs hall- hallway. Um, this body was later identified as Victoria and the baby was baby Madison. Oh, no. Um, 
He then found another body of another female victim in one of the bedrooms, which was identified as Izzy, and she was still in her pajamas. Could you imagine your Christmas day? Like, that's your Christmas day. Like, you were not expecting, you were just going to do a welfare check. You, like, took, you were like, I'm going to take the simple welfare check, just, like, get out for a minute, and that's what you come across. Yeah. And um, Detective Detective David Schweitzer was one of the first detectives to arrive on the scene. Um, All three women had been killed with a single gunshot wound to the head. Oh, Jesus. Victoria's wound was actually to the top of her head. Um, Like she had been bent over to protect Madison. Oh, no. Um, So she had bent over to protect the baby from the assailant and they had shot her straight in the top of her head. Jesus. Um, Izzy had been shot in the left eye. Ooh. Um, she had been shot at very close range. Um, and she also had burn marks on her skin and hands because she had been holding the barrel of the gun when, when it, went it went off. off. Trying to fight it off. <clears throat> um, and they determined that the murder weapon was a small um, caliber pistol, but it was not found in the home at the time. Um, they determined that the perpetrator had gained entry to the home by forcing his way through the garage door. Um, the automatic garage door mechanism had been disengaged so that the door could be opened manually. Um, and investigate sorry, investigators also discovered that there was no dial tone on the home phone. And when they went outside, the phone lines had been cut so that the family couldn't call for help. Oh, talk about premeditation. Um, and it seemed probable um, because they found very little evidence that the perpetrator knew the home and possibly knew the family. Wow. Um, there were fresh coffee grounds found in the, ki- in the kitchen trash can near Jean's body. Mm-hmm. So they believed that she had just finished making the morning coffee when the murderer shot her. Um, <clears throat> so they had been murdered sometime in the early morning hours of Christmas be- Eve. Oh, Jesus. And their bodies were not discovered for almost 28 hours. It is a miracle that baby's alive. Baby Madison had been left alive and unattended that whole time. That's awful. And she was rushed to a nearby hospital and treated for dehydration. Oh. Um, oh. Police <laughs> immediately started looking into my, who might have had an issue or a grievance with Jean, Izzy, and Victoria. And they discovered that in the summer of 2002... Victoria and Izzy had made allegations of sexual assault against their father, Ernest. Oh. He was free on a $100,000 bail pending trial on the rape charges. Um, and Jean had, order- had obtained an order of protection against him, which evicted him immediately from the family's residence. Um, he was not allowed to be in it or near it. Um, he was not supposed to have contact with them, and he was... Pres- prohibited from possessing or acquiring firearms jesus okay <clears throat> he was an avid hunter and fisher uh, partly why he was not allowed to have those things he makes us um Ernest, after the charges had been filed and after gene had filed for legal separation and divorce he um had moved out and was living with his parents and his 28 year old brother scott Um, in Cambria County, which was three hours away um, in western Pennsylvania. Um, And investigators immediately went to their home in Cambria County on Christmas Day to speak with Ernest. Good. About what happened. Um, Merry Christmas, fucker. (laughs) 
<laughs> Detective Schweitzer spoke with Ernest and asked if he knew anything about the murder. Um, he said that he had heard about it through a family member, but claimed to have no knowledge of what was going on. Um, and he provided police with an alibi. He said he and his brother Scott went out scouting for deer and coyote in the mountains from approximately 2 a.m. to 9 or 10 in the morning. Um, knowing my husband and that he's a hunter, he has to be in the woods at like 5 a.m. to spot that deer, like before sunrise. Yeah. And if you're looking for coyotes, it's more likely you're going to find them at night yep. than during the day. So those hours for a hunter kind of makes sense. I interesting oh, i'm sorry this was what year 2002 okay i digress anyway because i'm just thinking i know there's like hunting laws here specifically where you can't be out it's dusk <coughs> to dawn it's yeah I, but they were scouting they weren't hunting okay they were trying okay. to look for spots uh, okay i got you to go hunting mm-hmm. um they also spoke with his brother scott because obviously he provided the alibi with his brother scott um yeah. he confirmed the alibi he also said they had gone to a bar together and grabbed some food um <clears throat> police but i mean they kind of were like okay your alibi checks out with somebody you know you were obviously together i mean not obviously but they were like okay you it's know corroborated, like but- you guys are corroborating each other cool um police also looked into madison's father francisco ramos um in the homicide for the holidays episode he's called frankie um, Victoria and Frankie had kind of had a vol- volatile relationship. Um, she had gotten pregnant with Madison very early on, and he had questioned her paternity. Oh. Um, but a paternity test did prove that he was indeed the father. Um, he also had an alibi. He had been seen at several family events on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um, and many people corroborated his alibi. No, oh, no. Okay. Um. Frankie also told police that Victoria had recently started dating a new man named Turner Higgins. Um, everybody in the family liked Turner, um, and he was a good he was good with Madison. But the uh, relationship was very on again, off again. Oh, okay. um, and they had had and they had recently had a falling out. He and Victoria, um, but Turner had been working as a locksmith at the time in Middletown. Ooh. And he had recently changed the locks on the hull of her home. Uh oh. After Ernest, the, the allegations against Ernest, he had changed the locks. Oh, no. And what's one of the uh, jobs of a locksmith to make duplicate keys? Yep. Um, what's one extra in my but, pocket? Yeah, exactly. But police brought Turner in for questioning. He also had an alibi, which was validated by police. Oh, Jesus. Again, <laughs> family gatherings. Like, he'd been seen. All day. Yeah. Um, police also spoke with Jean's sister, Michelle Bittman Lilly. She told police that Victoria had kept quiet because they asked her about like the sexual act- allegations. Yeah. Um, she told police that Victoria had kept quiet about the sexual abuse for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, no one in the family knew about it. Wow. Um, she had only revealed the truth a few months before the murders um, in the summer of 2002. Um, Victoria had called Michelle and told her he's doing it to Izzy. He promised he wouldn't do it to Izzy. Um, she oh. revealed during this conversation that Ernest had been molesting her. Oh, no. Um, and that he had molested her as a teenager um, and told her to keep it se- a secret. And if she did that, he would not do it to Izzy. Um, and she had kept the secret to protect her sister. 
Jesus Christ. But he had begun doing it to Izzy. That poor girl. Um, the trial date was set for January of 2003, just two weeks after the murder occurred. Oh. Uh, so all three important witnesses in the trial were dead. Yep. Um, at this point, even though he had an alibi, they were like, we got to, you know, this is very strange timing. We got to look more into this guy. Like, we got to follow the avenue until there's no avenue left. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're trying to do their due diligence. Um, and they get search warrants for the Hulliver property um, in, Cambria, in Cambria County and Scott Hulliver's car. Um, inside Scott's car, detectives found a notebook that had the phrase, we were out spotting deer and coyote in Scott's handwriting. But why would he need to remind himself of his alibi? Yeah, that's, that's weird. Um, so they brought Scott and Ernest back in for additional interviews. Um, and Detective Schweitzer began to interview Ernest, but his uh, defense attorney for the rape charges yeah. arrived and wanted to speak with him. And immediately Ernest and Ernest invoked his right to counsel. Of course. Um, <laughs> at the same time this was happening another detective was speaking with scott mm -hmm. um and at first he completely maintained the alibi but then they confronted him with crime scene photos <clears throat> oh of no. the three women oh and no. he began to sob uncontrollably um he told them that the lie or that the alibi was a lie <laughs> sorry <laughs> close <laughs> he told them that the alibi was a lie that was completely fabricated by Ernest. And that he and he and Ernest were at a Cambria bar, and then he drove Ernest three hours to Middletown in the middle of the night because Ernest said he wanted to go get his dog from the family home. And Scott was well aware that Ernest was not allowed in or near that home. Are you kidding me? Um, they had stopped at some point during this ride so that Ernest can change his clothes into darker clothing. Um, when they got close to the house, um, Ernest told Scott to stop and got something out of the back seat. Uh, they then drove past the house and Ernest said good when he saw Jean's car in the driveway. He then told Scott um, to drive away from the house and park about a block away um and they arrived a block away at about 4 a.m um Ernest got out of the car and headed towards the house wearing a mask and two pairs of gloves um he returned five to ten minutes later talking fast and out of breath and this is all according to Scott yeah um and told Scott you wouldn't believe what I just saw drive 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 Scott kept asking what Ernest had seen, and he kept saying that he would tell him later. He then had Scott drive them to Clearfield County, which is just north of their home in Cambria County. Mm -hmm. um, he had Scott pull over at a remote location. He took a pistol and a shotgun out of the back of the car, which Scott saw, and headed into the woods alone. When he came back to the car, he no longer had the weapons. Oh, my God. Um, this story where he said they drove over there, they drove back. Yeah. Not the woods part, but 
the part where they drove to and from Cambria County to yeah. um, Middletown is all corroborated by surveillance videos obtained by police. Um, which were seen from a convenience store that was halfway between Cambria okay. County and Middletown. I was just going to say, I'm sorry, even if they paid in cash, they probably would have had to stop for gas at some fucking point. They had surveillance photos. Yep. And they stopped at some point so he could change his clothes. Yep. I was like, ah, so smart. Hey there, fellow true crime aficionados. We are the host of Bad Axe Podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Aaron. Join us every Thursday for twisted true crime tales, bad deeds, and the supernatural. We've covered family annihilators, cold-blooded baby daddies, cannibals, and even people who blame zombies, ghosts, and voodoo for their bad acts. Bad acts. If you like fresh stories and new perspectives on crime, Bad Axe will be your new jam. Stay safe out there, you big baddies, and bye 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 So Scott um, agreed to cooperate with law enforcement and brought them to the location in Clearfield County where Ernest had hidden the weapons. He couldn't take them into the forest and show them where. Yeah. But he's he drove them to the spot and was like, he walked that way. Yeah. Um, and he also agreed to testify to this in court. Oh. Um, to this story in court. Um, the police brought dozens of cadets and detectives out to this large wooded area to search. They were just about to give up when a state trooper saw a orange object in a crevice between some rocks. Um, this object was a 22 caliber revolver that had turned orange due to rust. Ooh. Um, and the serial number on the weapon was traced back to Ernest's uncle. However, the revolver and the ammunition were highly degraded from the elements. So ballistics to the weapon that was used in the murders, it was very highly probable, but it was not, not confirmed. confirmed. Yeah, but you confirm they it. found a Gun. revolver that was traced back to Ernest's family hidden in the woods where Scott said it would be. Yeah. Um, so he had, like I said, um, he was arrested and charged with three counts of third degree murder as an accomplice. Oh. And as part of a plea agreement, he led them to the spot where the murder weapons were. And he also agreed to testify in Ernest's trial. Um, Scott's attorney, Justin McShane, at one point said that Scott agreed to this plea, uh, agreed to plead guilty because he felt extreme remorse um, for his role in helping Ernest that night. Um, the police's theory of what happened that night was that, as Scott said, he drove him there, yeah. parked, a, parked a little bit away, and Ernest uh, snuck up to the home and cut the phone lines before entering the house and laid in wait. And he snuck up on Jean as she made the morning coffee and shot her. Got it, 4 a.m.? Mm-hmm. He then, um, well, sorry, then Victoria and Izzy were immediately alerted because they were like, what, what the fuck, fuck was that? that? <laughs> um, and Victoria ran to Madison's room to get her. Um, and as she was coming back out of her room with Madison, Ernest caught her in the hallway. Oh, um, she crouched down to protect the baby, and that was when he shot her. Um, and then he attempted to get into Izzy's room, but she was holding the door. 
Um, he finally was able to break through, and Izzy grabbed the barrel of the gun, which was aimed towards her head, and that's when he shot her, and she fell backwards. Oh, Jesus. Um, and then Ernest knowingly left baby Madison alone for nearly 30 hours. Um, so Ernest was arrested two days after the murders uh, and was charged with three counts of first-degree murder. Sucker. And this whole time he maintained his innocence. Um, and he was sent to um, Dauphin County Prison, and Scott Hulliver was actually sent to Cumberland County Prison for his safety. Because they were worried that Ernest would come after him. Yeah. And you'll see why. Oh, no. While Ernest was awaiting trial, a fellow inmate contacted a police. Oh, no. He told them that Ernest was attempting to hire an assassin from West Virginia through him. He wanted the, to hire this assassin to kill Frankie Ramos, Madison's father. Oh, my God. And make it look like a suicide. And then he planned to plant a suicide note which would confess to the murders of all three women. And he believed that this plan would exonerate him. Oh, my God. This guy's an idiot. So law enforcement reached out to the DEA who had a um, undercover agent pose as the hired assassin. And the <laughs> undercover agent called Ernest in prison. This entire call was monitored and recorded. Um, and he used code words to make the deal. He said tank for Frank. If you go and watch the homicide for the holidays episode you can hear the audio oh they my god it. i couldn't find it in my research i'm sure it's not completely public Sir, knowledge. you just sunk your own fucking shit yeah but they have it for that um and the audio was saved and submitted as evidence in his trial like your boat was already going down but you basically just took a shotgun and blasted a hole in the floor <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> fucking moron. Um, as evidence was being compiled in Ernest's trial, the prosecution was able to consolidate the rape charges with the new murder charges. Oh. So he would be charged for the rape and tried for the rape as well as the murders. Get him. He was also charged with killing prosecution witnesses, conspiracy, reckless endangerment, burglary, and criminal solicitation in relation to the assassination. Holy shit. <laughs> um... Scott was a central witness during the trial. He even testified that Ernest said at one point after the divorce was finalized that he would um, shoot Gene. He was going to shoot Gene. Good. Um, Great. Wonderful. They also included testimony from several other prisoners that where Ernest was being kept who stated that Ernest um, had made several incriminatory, incriminatory statements about the murders. Um, this was in addition to the statements of the previous inmate and the audio that he, they had of this conversation with the undercover DEA agent. I just don't understand why when somebody goes to prison, they're like, oh, yeah, this man's a criminal. If I can just tell him anything. He's going to keep my he's, secret. He's a criminal just like me. He'll keep my secret. He'll nah, bitch. Secret. He's a criminal and he's going to go and try and get time off his sentence. Don't tell <laughs> <Yeah>. him shit. <laughs> um, the prosecution um, also introduced ballistic evidence. Which was presented to connect the pistol found in the, the pistol found in the woods to the clear. Um, sorry, <sighs> the pistol found in the woods in Clearfield, Clearfield County. Shit, that's what I felt like because beginning of the episode <laughs> <laughs> to the murders. Um, like I said, the ammunition and the weapon were very degraded, but the verified serial number was pretty damning. Yeah. Um, 
The prosecution was also allowed to introduce the preliminary hearing testimony of Izzy and Victoria Holover into evidence. <gasps> yes. Um, this was done under the forfeiture by wrongdoing except exception to the hearsay rule on the theory that they were killed to prevent their testimony. Yes. Bring it. I fucking love that. I'm sorry. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't love that they were dead, but I love that they allowed that because fucking get him. <laughs> <laughs> the defense actually acknowledged his behavior in prison the and said that this assassination attempt was an effort by a distraught husband and father to get revenge for the murder of his family against who he believed to be the murderer. Um, they later recognized that Frankie Ramos was indeed not the killer, but stated that another dude... <laughs> That had been intimately associated with Victoria in some way. Um, so they contradicted themselves in court. Yeah, was oh, the person that perpetrated the murders. Oh, my God. Um, Y'all suck at your job. <laughs> the jury did not buy any of this. Obviously. And <laughs> even though the case was largely circumstantial, Hulliver was um, convicted of first-degree murder for all three murders in addition to... Um, where did I put this? The killing of prosecution witnesses, conspiracy, reckless endangerment, burglary, and criminal solicitation. He, however, was not charged with um, the rape of Izzy and Victoria because Victoria and Izzy were not there to give their own testimony. Oh, sad. Um, and he was sentenced to three death sentences. What on August thirteenth? August thirty first of two thousand four. Oh, and by the way, his uh, trial was in August of two thousand four. I didn't even. <laughs> I was just like, Wait, oh, two years later. Jeez. Um. So in two thousand and two, um. Ernest contested an attempt um that was trying to keep him barred from receiving a, pay a payout of twenty five thousand dollars from Jean's life insurance policy. You he don't deserve it, you fucking piece of shit. He you murdered her. What do you fucking mean? You don't. What What are you going to use that for? Um, You're going to go buy <laughs> some Cheez-Its at the commissary. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, well, probably to pay for his fucking lawyer because he still maintains his evidence. Oh, that's his, right. Um, you, innocence. you still have to pay for that shit. Yeah. <laughs> he also attempted to convince a judge to drop the rape charges and have them expunged from his record. Um, and he claimed that they should be erased because he was acquitted of the charges in his August 2004 trial. Um, but the but the, the prosecution argued like this is the supreme reason we have for believing this man committed these murders was that he was trying to get out of this trial. And also at this point, you have been sentenced to three different death sentences. Why do you care if it's on your record, man? You are going to die. They gonna kill you. What? Well, because then it, it might it might grant him a new trial, where that evidence would not be allowed in. Fair. Also bullshit. <laughs> um, this document was filled with misspellings and grammatical errors. Of course, it was. Um, and I don't think it worked, because as far as I am aware, I didn't find anything saying that he has been he has been um executed. So I, as far as I'm aware, he is still awaiting execution in prison. I believe that. Um, but his attorney, Sparrow T. Lapas, um, maintains that Ernest is um, innocent and falsely accused. And that Scott's testimony was a complete lie. And it wasn't true at all. 
Um, but that is the case of uh, the Holover murders. That's fucking sad. I know. As far as I, I mean, as far as I'm aware, Madison is living with her father and his family. Oh. Um. Uh, Frankie Ramos. I hope she's living a good life. Mm-hmm. That makes me sad. That is really sad. The she whole thing sucks. Basically, a newborn in 2002. She'd be almost 20. Oh, I want to hug her. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I finished both my drinks, guys. <laughs> but um, they're all going. We fucking know you, drunk piece of shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my nose is all stuffy. That's how I know. <laughs> I drink. My nose gets stuffy, and I cannot figure out why. Ten bucks and allergic to alcohol. Okay, the other day my mom my mom was like, I wonder if you get hives because wonder maybe if you're allergic to dog or cat like a dog or a cat. You've just always had a dog or a cat around and you just never connected it. And I was like shit. It's <laughs> 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 like oh crap. I think God I might damn be. Damn it. Uh but yeah. Anyway, that is our first ho ho homicide mini. That was a really, really sad one and Major Bummer was sitting in the corner laughing his ass off the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> but that guy was literally so dumb. Yeah, he did not like drive me at one AM to my soon to be ex wife's house and then come running back to the car fifteen minutes later and be all frantic and then not tell your brother what the fuck's happening, just like make him drive really fast. Like uh dude. Dude, you couldn't be any more sus. If you had walked in and they were dead, I like you stop right there. I would have gone immediately back to the car. I wouldn't even have left that 15 minute gap. I would have gone right back. So he knows like there's no way in that time period I could have killed them. I would have gone right back to my brother and been like, holy fucking shit. They're fucking dead. You need to come with me and look at this. Like I did not do this. Like call the cops. Do something. He was not allowed near that house. Yeah, he, he was gonna get in trouble even if he hadn't done it, um, um, which he very, I believe, he very much did. I have one question you did not answer. Sure, sure. <gasps> what happened to the dog? <laughs> there was no dog. That was not true. As far as I'm aware, there was no dog. I did not read anything about it. I did not. He, they did not mention it in the ho ho for homicide or ho- <laughs> the homicide for the holidays episode. Oh, homicide. Oh, homicide. That's mine. <laughs> Trademark. That's I'm just kidding. TM, TM, TM. TM, 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 TM. Fucking, and that's why we drink and Morbid both say that. <laughs> oh, do they really? <laughs> yeah, they do. Oh, oh. And I'm pretty sure I think it's funny because I think Morbid got it from and that's why we drink. And then I just got it from both of them because I listen to both. <laughs> they do that a lot. TM, TM, TM. That's like, not oh, really TM. They're but. like, oh, that's a great idea. TM, 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 TM. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I thought they actually said it because I haven't listened in a while. <laughs> oh, man. Um, no, as far as I'm aware, there was no dog. I hate this man. Like, who the fuck tries to get, like... Fucking Krampus, that's who. Krampus. <laughs> Krampus of the Grinch. You're Combination fucking... of the two. Who the fuck tries to solicit an assassin from prison? <laughs> You've been in prison for all those five minutes, and you're like, "Yes, yeah." Can you help me? Help me get an assassin. You don't know this fucking man. You're like, "Yeah, help me hire an assassin." And this guy's <laughs> like, "Fuck you." <laughs> this guy, this guy probably went, "Uh huh." Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> in his mind, he's going, 
I'm going to bring all this to the fucking cops. I'm going to get my sentence reduced, you piece of shit. Go ahead, tell me more. This is the second case. <laughs> this is the second case I've had where a fellow inmate has spilled the beans. That's you okay, that's like the number one thing I hear a lot. When stupid criminals are in prison and they blabber off to another inmate. And it's like, dude, do you not know that? Why, 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 why? Like, <laughs> don't tell me anything. I'm going to flip on you, you Shut p- up. You freaking moron. You're, you're literally uh, like, shh, shh, shh. No, 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 no. Literally, if someone started telling me all of that, I'd be like, quick, 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 quick. Oh, see, <laughs> I, w- I would be, <laughs> see, at that point, I'm already a criminal. So my ass would be like, yes, please tell me everything. I don't want to be, <laughs> I don't want to go to work because that makes me really mad. And he, but it's, <laughs> but instead of that, it's, I don't want to be in prison because that makes me really sad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's like, <laughs> my, he's, like I, he's like, I'm trying to get out of here. Thank you. Exactly. He was like, thanks for the juicy juice. I'm going to cut 10 years off my sentence, you piece of shit. <laughs> and he's like, oh, damn it. <laughs> Never send Macy and I to prison. It'll be a mess. <laughs> if, I ever, if I ever end up in prison, I'm going to die. It's going to be <laughs> terrible. I don't think you're ever going to go to prison. Don't worry. Uh, We'll see. (laughs) 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 There was a solid point driving here tonight where somebody like went to pass. They were like driving illegally in the freaking breakdown lane to like make a right turn at a red light. And I was like, yeah, go on. Hit my fucking car. I'll come fucking beat the shit out of you. Ryan was like, and I'll get his insurance card. No, you won't. (laughs) Hit me. I was like, hey, man, I'll come over there. He's like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Anyway, that was our first episode of December this year. I think it's been fun. It was a terrible, terrible, sad episode. But you're wasted. I'm a little drunk. Anyway, Nicole, where can they find us? (gasps) They can find us all the fuck over the place. Yeah. Because we are everywhere, and I'm drawing this out so I can pull up my list. So we are most importantly on Patreon. Yes! If you go to patreon.com slash buzzkillers podcast, guys, this is a source where you give us a dollar or two dollars a month and we give you special things. This month, our beautiful (laughs) Patreons are getting an exclusive episode. It is a Christmas present. It is a Christmas present from (laughs) us to you. (laughs) Um, as you know, I think we've mentioned it already. We are going to be taking a couple weeks off due to the holidays and stuff. Um, so we are going to uh, pre-record a Patreon episode that will be like a little thing we're going to drop in the middle there. And exclusively for you exclusively and no one else. for Patreon. Um, if you would like to hear that and, you know, get some little extra holiday content while we are on vacay, you can hop over to Patreon and hit subscribe. I promise you, it is worth it. Yes, all of the money that goes from Patreon goes to make this podcast even better for your earballs. Yes. 
So yes, there you yes, go. yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are all over social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Buzzkillers Podcast. Buzzkillers Podcast. We are on Twitter at Buzzkillers Pod. Buzzkillers Pod. And if you would like to listen, t- oh, I'm no, I'm sorry, I almost skipped YouTube. <laughs> I always, I always go straight over YouTube. I'm like, yeah, fuck YouTube. <laughs> um, <laughs> we are on YouTube. Um, go in your little search bar and search Buzzkillers colon a true crime podcast. Buzzkillers colon a true crime podcast. And we should just pop right up. Um, hit that subscribe button while you are there. The more subscribers we get, the easier it becomes for us to make it everything more customizable. We will be able to get a URL and you will not have to search us anymore. We'll just have. You'll be able to type link. in like buzzkillers into it'll be like youtube.com slash but whatever we want it to be yeah um, which will probably be buzzkillers podcast <laughs> most likely <laughs> um if you would like to listen to us so we are literally all over the place mm-hmm. all over the place we are on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, amazon music slash audible we are on iHeartRadio. we are on pandora and we are on our host platypus podbean, podbean. and just a small shout out to this new platform called good pods yeah um we got an email that we are number 82 in the true crime field yay which like hell fucking yeah um i love it thank you uh, as far as i know from what i saw from good pods website it was funny because podbean i swear they just like put us everywhere yeah they do whether you know it or not yeah and so sometimes we get emails and it's like you're on this platform and we were like we are huh how (laughs) um so we got this email and i looked up i looked up good pods and it seems like a really cool app there's all these really cool podcasts it is a app dedicated specifically to podcasts it's almost like social media of podcasts Mm, you share mm -hmm. you listen you discuss it's everything in between and it seems really really cool yeah um it does seem cool and for us to be named you know Number even number eighty two. Number eighty two like, yes! out of all true crime podcasts, we were like, "Oh!" I sent Macy a screenshot, and I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> um, it is absolutely incredible. Uh, check them out; that's really cool. Um, and then, of course, we have our very own website, <gasps> which is buzzkillerspodcast.com. Um, if you head over there, you can read a little bit about us. You can check out all the wines we drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are interested, there is a contact page where you can send us a personalized message. Um, you know, send us some love, send us some personal stories, send us, you know, anything. Topics, anything. cases, your own experiences, stuff we missed, uh, anything. Yeah. If you're like, oh, I heard this about this case, you know, even if like new inc- information comes up about a case we previously covered, I will literally anything. I will go in there and I will add an addendum to whatever. Exactly. And I will add it in. Be like, hey, listen, this person told me this. Yep. Or, hey, they, listen, they I was shared this, this knowledge. Like, yeah, you know, because we will listen. Anything you want to send us, hit us up. And if you don't want to use our website, we are buzzkillerspodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Shoot us literally whatever you want. It can be a singular email with the word hi. And I'll be like, this is the greatest thing we've seen all week. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but seriously, though. <laughs> we get so excited when we get new emails. Um, we just, we're just we just so happy to be yeah. doing this. It's really, really fun. And um, we hope to be making more Patreon content soon. Mm-hmm. Um, we have like... We, we've been, as you probably noticed on our social media, especially Instagram, we're starting like a whole new phase. We 
like totally did like a, a whole overhaul and we're creating like a schedule of stuff that's going to come out every week mm-hmm. on social media and it's going to be more personal and it's going to help you kind of learn about who we are and also expand the podcast. Yeah, yeah. We're going to start talking about the mo- the wines a little bit more mm-hmm. um, on the social media. Um, we're going to give you recipes. We're going to give you our thoughts. Yep. Um, like, you know, maybe we'll have Tyler put his recipes for w- red drink and not red drink. <laughs> I was just going to say this Thirsty Thursday. And that's yes, what, that's what they're going to be called. I was going to say it's going to be Thirsty Thursdays. You know, we're going to talk about anything that we drink. Um, and who knows, you might get a recipe. Yeah, I think and I think for the I think for the mixers that might be fun. I think that would wines be a lot are fun. different. You know, we, we we don't make those obviously. But it would be fun to post the mouth feels and things like that. For um, sure, for sure, to give our our stars. The and mixers stuff. are different because, like, I mean, he just straight went. I'm telling in, you, he's a mixologist. I was gonna say he just straight went into your cabinet and was like, "Bing, bang, boom!" Here's two drinks, and I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> you just did that." Um, and it's it's amazing. Um, but Sorry. yeah, I guys, that'll be the kind of stuff that's coming at you. So check out our social media, especially Instagram. That is where we're always the most active, it seems. Um, yeah, yeah, we're really active on Instagram. So that's that. I think that's that. Well, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. <laughs> I wanted to say something other than delightful. Huh. The weather um, outside is frightful, but, but the fire is burning. I don't know. I'm not good at this. <laughs> well, Listen, I tried. There's a reason I don't write music <laughs> or poems. <laughs> I was never good at that. And now I'm going to try. Now it's going to kill me. <laughs> I'm not leaving until I figure this out. But the fire is so. I, it has to be li- something full. But the fire is so much frightful. No, but it's already frightful. You already. Oh, 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 fuck. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. We'll come back to you. We'll figure it out and sing it next time. <laughs> We're going to come at you with a Christmas song next week. Tune in, everybody. <laughs> the weather outside is frightful. But the coffin is delightful. Ah. <laughs> I did it. I did it, motherfucker. <laughs> Since there's no place to go. Because <laughs> get it? You're in a coffin. See the crow, let it snow, let it snow. <laughs> Merry Christmas, bitches. But <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, (laughs) before we make your ears bleed any more than they already have, until next time, ladies and germs. (laughs) Don't be a buzzkill. Be a buzzard. Okay, bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by BK Creations, LLC.